Yeah, it don't matter. I don't care. What's up, y'all? What's up? You okay? Hey, man. I'm, I'm fine, bro. Daphne Coach threatened to beat my ass yesterday, and I posted up waiting for him after the game, but he never showed up. What what are you mad about? That y'all keep beating their yeah, ass? Bro. Yeah, bro. So basically, like at the end of the game last night, like I didn't get my my senior kids didn't get a senior night on Monday. Right. On last Tuesday, because we had a burn a barn burner against Murphy. Yeah. So what I decided to do was like I said, if I get a big enough lead, like I said, I was gonna sub in all my seniors that didn't get a chance to play on that in that game, right? Yeah. So it's the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're up by 28. Like, they scored all fourth, all the fourth quarter points. Um, yeah. What happened is, what it came down to, it, it's the last possession of the game. Like, they're still pressing the hell out of us. We rotate the ball out of it. And one of my seniors that legitimately has more turnovers than, than points, like, he gets his hands on the ball. I, I tell him, don't shoot the ball. He shoots the ball, he misses it, and we go up, and, like, it was the game. Okay, cool. I go up to shake the coach's hand after the game, and he was like, I was like, good game. He was like, oh, so you told that kid to shoot that shot? I was like, no, I didn't. He said, don't worry, don't bust your ass. I was like, for real, it's like that? Then I yelled at him again. I said, oh, so it's like that? And he didn't say anything, kept walking away. I said, yeah, but you little crybaby-ass bitch. And I yelled at everybody here, and he still kept walking away. I just stayed. I, I congratulated my team. I waited for him to come back out, but he never wanted to come back outside. He stayed in his office. So it's just like, I, I mean, I don't like that, bro. I really don't. Cause it's like, like, I didn't tell the kid to shoot the ball. One, two. I mean, we were already when he was just mad because he was getting beat, bro. Like he kicked three players off the team. He begged them to come back for this game. We beat him by 46 the last time before I took my starters out. We won the game by 34. So the three play, the four players, excuse me, the four players that he kicked off only made a twelve point difference. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And that was his that was his go to because he did he did everything in his power to try to beat us, and it's like it didn't work out. Like he went ballistic on his bookkeeper, he went ballistic on the clock operator, he went ballistic at refs. Like he just, bro. He's a sore ass loser, and I don't, bro. It it just it made me mad last night. One of my players told him to f off. Apparently during the game, and I was like, I said, normally I would make you run for that, but because of how much of a prick he was being, I'm gonna let it slide. I'm gonna let it slide. I mean, you gotta be a grown up, you know. That that's all. That's all I was saying, bro. Like my first year as a head as a coach. He, I played him my second game of the season, bro, and he beat me by 17. I went into halftime with a four-point lead, and then I lost that lead, and then he, I got subsequently beat by 17 points. Like, Welcome in to Georgia Bama Coaches. As always, I am your host, JT. And with me, as always, Lem and Solo. How we doing, fellas? 
Uh, we're all right. Saturday. Uh, I'm good. Go Pirates. Go Pirates. Way sweep your, yeah, way to sweep your, um, your county rival for three straight years. That's big time right there. Mm. Felt good doing it, too. This is I'm my, sure they're coached well. Oh yeah, they're one of the best coaches in the in the in the in the county, dude. Let me tell you, and absolutely beautiful. Oh, so let's anyway. let's start out here with uh, team in distress award. I think Coach Solo has his choice for the team in distress this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna be petty. Um, <laughs> 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 as much as I would love to, it'd be my luck for him to actually listen to it and he start crying about it. But uh, no, nah. my all honesty, my team in distress is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are, oh my God. Like, I'm sorry. Kyrie Irving is much of a generational talent as I thought that he was. He is slowly starting to show me that like he cares nothing about basketball and he cares all about him just doing whatever the heck that he wants to do. Uh, and that's not a good thing, especially when you're talking about trying to, you know, be a, uh, a leader and a quote unquote franchise player. And I just don't see it from him anymore. I feel like all he wants to do now is just to, you know, be a, of like, uh, whatever, what do they call those people? Like those new Shaolin monk type people. Like that's all he wants to do with his life now. Like he's better off just chilling, in my opinion, and like giving up basketball. I, I agree with you. I think he needs to make a decision because as much as he, as I appreciate the social justice movement that he's trying to work with, um, but the amount of effort that he wants to put into it is not conducive to somebody that's having a full time job as a professional athlete. And so you need to make a decision on what your focus is going to be. Either back to basketball or go full force. Into I don't the think that it's all like social justice. Like, no, I mean, that's no but that's his, that's what he's saying. I'm saying if, if this is what's holding you back from being the league, quote unquote, then retire from the league. Take care of your stuff. And move on. Well, I can agree with that. And I think that's part, just like what, part of what, uh, Part of the reason why the Nets brought in Harden, they're saying we can do this without you. Now we've got a sec, we got another star on this roster. I'm not saying it's the best choice, but in general, we've got this. If we got another star on our roster, we don't. We, we're not going to beg you to come back. You do what you need to do. We'll we'll figure it out without you. We're not. We don't need you anymore. I just don't honestly think, and I think Lamar's will agree with me. I don't think that it's going to work. Like, no, even like if I don't think that he's going to come back. I mean, even if he does come back, I still don't think the dynamic works. It's like you got three selfish people. Well, I mean, you got well two selfish people that are very ball dominant. And then you got one guy that's, you know, got the talent to be an alpha, but he's a beta male in the fact that he doesn't want to like, he's not a leader. And he wants to they, – they're all going to have to find a way to work together. Like, I just don't see any of them sacrificing. If this was James Harden, like, you know, two years removed from OKC, 
I would say that there's a chance because he wasn't too far gone at that point and everything was about him. Now it's like everything is about him. And then if it's not working completely in his favor, like he's going to get upset. And then you add a Kyrie Irving to that mix. And then you're talking about Kevin Durant, whose biggest gripe with Russell Westbrook, that there was no ball movement. And you decide to team up with somebody that legitimately, like they're all about iso ball. It just doesn't sound like a smart business move. I mean, Steve Nash just went from being a coach to a babysitter at this point. Well, he wasn't a coach to begin with. No, but true. But now he's just the babysitter because he's going to have to control the, try to be like, okay, Harden, you've had it all the last three possessions. Now it's Kyrie's turn. This is Kevin Durant's one opportunity to uh, step up and take control of the team. If he doesn't, uh, his legacy, I believe, is on the line. There's no excuse for a roster to begin with. Well, yeah, but you know, he he has the talent to be an all-time great, but he needs the on the court um, success, I guess you could say, to back that up. Right now, that roster is talented enough to compete with anybody, including the Lakers. I don't think their bench would beat the Lakers um, in a seven-game series, but you know, they could keep up. KD's got to step up and take them there, but I don't think it's happening. So. Apparently Kyrie was already upset with uh, Steve Nash being the coach. And I don't know. I don't know if that's his gripe. I I don't think it's social justice, him sitting out, but. No, I think he has other priorities with him going to parties without masks and i get where like he's saying that it's like you know it's his mom i mean like you know spending time with family but literally everybody like dude we all have to have jobs you know what i'm saying like we all have jobs we all got the best job in the world being a professional athlete yes what i'm saying it's like so you're trying to tell me that it's it's bad because you like it's somehow worse off for you because why like oh you you work for six months out of the year uh normally and if you make the playoffs you work for eight months it's like bro tough freaking luck like thank you that wasn't to the life of uh, a normal adult it's like if you want to take some time off and go to your mom and to your dad and your sister's and the sister's birthday party like there's no issue with that you know what i'm saying like like do what you got to do but like realize that it's like at the end of the day bro you signed a contract to be a basketball player what what would happen to any one of us if we were like oh i don't feel like you know doing my job as like an accountant or my job as a teacher what would happen to us get fired right i mean you'd run out you'd run out of your 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 Sick days and then sick days. And then it's like, are you coming back to work? I don't feel like it. All right, don't worry, we'll hire somebody else. You're bye-bye. Plenty of teachers need jobs. My point exactly, bro. And he's and gotta I'm understand not. that it's like he's not special, bro. Like he's a he's a good athlete, don't get me wrong. He's just not special. He's I'm he's not, not buying the leader. excuse. If LeBron was doing all this stuff, they'd be they tolerate it. But LeBron wouldn't I'm not buying the the excuse that he needs time off in the first place. He he didn't play 
Like last year from February on, he was hurt and didn't play in the mm-hmm. bubble. So you have from February to December to do whatever the like whatever you want to do. You can't make it like two months into the season before you need to go take time off. Like you just came back at the beginning of December. And to me that he his head's just not in basketball. He needs to chill yeah. out. But you know, that one party cost him a million dollars. I hope it was worth it. Honestly, I think these fines need to start going up. It's fifty thousand for an NBA well, player. Well, he he lost fifty thousand plus eight hundred and sixty something thousand right. game checks. I get that. I get that. I'm just saying in general. Oh, I buy fifty thousand dollars. Okay, whatever. Like when I make millions of dollars, you know, every year. That's like make it bucks in our jobs. Make it proportional to the salary. I yeah. I assume they keep it low because you know you have minimum players who are only making you know they may make a couple mil total, which you know is still a lot. But if you get one or two staff, uh, fines during the year, you know that's right. That's some money. But I mean, it's just. Okay, he got fined $50,000. Great. Cool. That really got, you know, that really got Yeah, his- that really hurt Kyrie Irving's pocket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got, it really got his attention, guys. He's like, you want out of the left pocket or the right pocket? And, you know. That's literally how I always feel. Like, you know. It's re- like Randy Moss was when he got fined. Only $50,000. All right, so we'll move on. Um, from that situation there because they're just, you know, obviously garbage. Let's let's move on to the uh, – we'll get to playoff games later. Uh, let's talk about some of the recent coaching hires. Um, the big splash was Urban Meyer coming to the NFL. Uh, what do we th- – how do we think that's going to work out for them? I think I it's going to work out a whole lot better with – oh, go ahead. My fault. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to be the issue with the Jaguars. So, I, I, me personally, I don't think it's going to work very well. But it's because of his supporting staff. So, he hired um, Charlie Strong to come be the, I think, defense coordinator. Probably defense um, coordinator. Yes, sir. Um, which – Cool. Charlie Strong's been in the game for years. Uh, And he also hired um, somebody from Ohio State to join in. I think his connects to college, and that's his, to me, that's his main, like, focal point is the college game. I don't think that translates to NFL. And he's going to need to bring in some coaches have, been in the NFL and stayed in the NFL recently to really help him along, especially since, you know, this is his first coaching job in what, five, five, a couple years. years. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't like his first hires at least. That's, yeah. that's my, I think one thing that would be good is that he's got a bunch of cap space. Guys. Right. And I feel like one thing that college coaches are good at doing 
is selling the dream to guys to come here. And uh, I think that's going to be beneficial for him these first couple of years when he's got all that cap space. Um, and then he's, and then also he can draft a bunch of guys, have a young roster, which is he works, he knows how to work with those younger guys. I think his most successful years are going to be those first three, four years. Um, and, and after that, he'll probably retire for health reasons for a year and then go take another college job. I can see that. I just think that's going to work out a lot better than like than than most people think. I mean, she's going to have Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. That's going to help him. I I could like, see exactly the first year. I could see eight and eight the first year, and then be- I, I can see that. I can also see the pure fact of the matter of, of it being that like also. I, I'm sorry. I think Charlie Strong's a, a, a great hire. Um, defensively, he's shown me nothing. Like, he's a defensive, you know, close to a defensive genius. Not so much a savant, but he knows what he's doing. Um, on top of that, you got Urban Meyer. You're going to have a lot of cap space. And, and like you're saying, you have the, you know, the young pieces like the quarterback that are going to come along that I think are going to be very, very beneficiary. And the one thing that has been proven, like I said, I know college and NFL are way different. Urban Meyer is a winner. Um, Nick Saban was more was before the Alabama dynasty, more so a like I said to me, outside of Michigan State and LSU of NFL name because of like his relationship with Belichick and all that fun stuff, trying to be a head coach in Miami and all that fun stuff. Like I just honestly think that Urban, as crazy as it sounds, his personality and the way that he galvanizes people around him fits the NFL more so than the college game. And he was so successful at the college game. It's just hard for me to think that he's not going to be successful at the NFL game. Because, like I said, Saban is a my way or the highway type person. Urban is more so of the person that is like, I'm going to inflict influence on my coaching staff. And from my coaching staff, I'm going to get everybody here to believe in our culture. And I feel like if you build the right culture with the right people, it's it's going to be contagious. I can see it. So I say give I definitely it four see years. what you're saying with that. Um, yeah. I I because it's definitely you're right. The NF the the college level is still a lot about teaching and and you know, strictly you're gonna do the you gotta do it my way. I know how this works. You don't. Meanwhile, NFL, they're they're professionals. This is their job. This is it's not like you had when college, and you do definitely need you need to understand that these are adults, not kids, um, and developing a place of trust and working together, teamwork. Uh, for I mean, I, I think a better word than teamwork there, but like understanding that their opinions have value as players, and they have a say in the game each week. That's something that you do need to have a little bit of. I'm not saying, you know, they've, you know, the inmates run the asylum necessarily, but definitely having that. Now you have to take what they, you have to take what they say into account. It's like, yeah. there's no if, fans or buts about it. Like you have to take what they say into account. Um, and I just think that that's where Nick Saban failed. And I don't think that's where Urban Meyer will fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's just my honest opinion. Um so, like I said, we'll see when it's all said and done. 
But I honestly do think that when you look at it at the end of the day, he's going to be – I think he'll be successful. Um, I think he'll be successful in the NFL. It'll just take a little bit of time. Okay, uh, we'll move on to Lamar's team, the Falcons. Um, they chose to hire the Tennessee Titans uh, offensive coordinator. Um, Lamar- wow. Wow. Let's take your thoughts on that. You know, I've I've been going hard for making Atlanta chocolate city by hiring uh, hiring Eric Bieniemy, Terry, what's his name, Fontenot from uh, the Saints. He's okay for a GM, but you know, I wanted Eric Bieniemy as coach, and hopefully, he would have revitalized our offense, but. In terms of the new coach, I hate that he's he's been at Tennessee the past couple of years. And Tennessee made him, I guess, go full line with just running the ball using Derrick Henry. I would have liked to seen him, you know, in an offense where it was more spread out, where it was more passing based. In terms of the last couple of years, he's had experience. But the good, the good side of him is that you know he he has success in the red zone, which the Falcons have had issues for what ten years, twenty years, scoring in the red zone. Um, so I see how how it can help. It's just like it's just a mediocre pick to me, or you know choice for me. It's not a splash hire, right? yeah, right. I, and I don't think it's culture changing. That's that's also one of my issues. I, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that, uh, but I do agree with you that that is one thing that needs to be done is have a different culture in that building. Um, I do think that there is some benefits to hiring him. I mean, if he can make Tannehill look like not a bust, right. What can he do with Matt Ryan and a legitimate receiving core? Um, now he doesn't have Derrick Henry to run the ball, but you know maybe they can draft a good running back and get back to that style of play. Um, so I think there is a good benefit there. At least it's an offensive-minded guy um, in there, and you're not going to lose your offensive coordinator, you know, every other year. To other jobs, and so he has some sort of consistency there. Now, I don't know how that would affect the defense. Granted, defense is the one that gave up these all these leads that y'all had, anyways. So, you know, having a defensive minded head coach didn't exactly help the situation either. Exactly. So, what is just I solo. Can you hear us? I I can. What what happened? What did y'all say? What is your thoughts on the Falcons hire? Uh now I mean in all honesty, I think that it's a, a decent, you know, it's a decent hire. I don't think it's the right one long term. I don't think that he'll last nearly as long as everybody thinks he will. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, it's just like like Lamar saying, it's not revolutionary. It's not groundbreaking. It's not culture changing. 
and it doesn't solve like their biggest issue, which in my opinion was it wasn't the fact that they couldn't like win or anything um, or sustain in the red zone. It's the pure fact of the matter. It's like, you know, there is no innovativeness in the offense where like, you know, you have players that can affect the game, but you don't use them the right way anymore. And, you know, they're aging. And I just honestly, I mean, as much as I, I think the Moors will agree, hopefully, I, I think it's just time for a complete Falcons rebuild. Like, I would scrap the team. I would get as much cash space as possible, as much picks as possible. He's been and saying this would, since, since Dan Quinn got fired. <laughs> I know. I've been saying it's that like, for, like, two, three years. Like, like I would just scrap it. And that's just, like, I don't think that this, like – I still think that with this guy right here, they're going to continue to try to make a push with the current players that they have. And I don't see that working out that well, if that makes any sense. I I think um, that's all this is. This is a temporary hire. Um, what's his name? The owner, Big Uncle Art. Um, for the Falcons, he made a comment saying that the Falcons just need to be patient um, with this with this new hire and the new team, aka he's going to be coached for a couple of years, probably not going to be good, but, you know, I'm not going to fire him. I'm not going to make a change. And I hate when owners don't put the pressure on the coaches to perform because they get complacent and they think, you know, winning four to eight games a year and either just barely making the playoffs or missing it out and not being like a, a team that's in the top pick contention is okay. And I think that's what we're on the way to, to becoming. It's just like an okay team still. Uh, they're not going to get rid of Matt Ryan at this point because of the uh, cap hit. So if you trade him, that's like 50 million in, in cap space gone. Uh, you can't trade Julio. <laughs> Julio you know. can't stay healthy past like four games and you don't have uh, an offensive line still after drafting offensive linemen in the first round for like four years straight and you still don't have an offensive line. So it's like, what are you doing? So based on his comments, do you think that he hired him because he, who he really wanted, who we who wanted to fit what he was looking for was not available. I think who they were looking for was not available, and he was just taking the best that yeah. um, he could get. Um, I wouldn't have minded having um, Joe Brady come yeah. in and coach. That's cool. It's just, you know, this team is, I don't know, they're a crap show. They need a so. they need to complete overhaul. Yeah. All right. Uh, what what do you think about the Jets hire of the 49ers DC? Literally anything was better than anything would be better than Adam Gase. Like literally, yeah. a five-year-old would have been better than Adam Gase. So, like, it's like, we can't really just put it like a judgment on it because, like, anything's an improvement. Like, if That's he's true. If he's Rondo, if he's worse than Adam Gase, then Jesus, you've reached a whole different level of low. 
I think he's going to be leaning on his coordinators offensively at least, and that's going to be good for the Jets because. Uh, and they're saying they're planning on keeping Darnold. Um, they need to. Darnold is not the problem. Like I wouldn't if I would not go with Justin Fields. I'm sorry, Aaron Darnold is a proven commodity. He's a really good quarterback. Sam Darnold. I, I don't, Aaron I'm Darnold. telling Sam. you. Yeah. Same thing. Y'all know what I'm talking. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I I just I honestly like his game more so than Justin Fields. I, I think it's like he's going to it's going to hurt him more at the NFL level. The fact that he's not going to be able to have all that talent around him at the very beginning, and I think he's going to struggle. I'm talking about a lot. See, I I think that about um, Mac Jones. As, whoa, as, see that no. Nah. You can't think that about Mac Jones because, like, Mac Jones has shown you, like, yes, we we had superior talent this year. Look at what happened last year when that offense was tailor-made for Tua because Tua couldn't, like, Tua had to have basic reads to go off of his, like, off of his read. Like, so I'm talking about, like, you know, bang, bang, then drop off. That's literally all Alabama ran. Throw in Mac Jones. Mac Jones, yes, you have explosive players, but, like, Mac Jones has shown that he can throw the tight ball. Uh, he can throw the hard ball. I mean, he's – to me, he's really, really, really good. Hey, edit this part out. I got to take this phone call real quick. I'm, I'm going to join right back. While he was speaking of Tua, did you see the report about the Dolphins players? Yeah. Um, potentially, you know, don't think he's a good QB. That's – yeah. But that's that thing with like Mac Jones. It's like, okay, I see what he's saying, but once again, he's in literally the most ideal situation you could possibly have as a quarterback. I mean, he's got weapons everywhere, right? And he's got a, a, a dominant offensive line. You know, when he gets if he gets I drafted think- by somebody, he's probably doesn't have a great offensive line. And he's not going to have the weapons that he had. He's not going to have a running back that they have to account for. So it's like, okay. It's not that I don't think he can do it. It's just that anybody would have looked good in this system. In this situation. Right. I think he needs to just go to a backup role. for. Yeah. I mean, I don't think two. you should take a first-round pick for him. I don't think like you use your first-round pick on him in this situation. Right. Unless you have a QB, right? But also, like I, I can see. At the same time, I'm not going to waste my first round pick on someone that's not going to be starting for me. No, I. The the reason I say I can see it, say the Falcons or someone at the top trades back. Like if the Falcons just dump their fourth yeah. overall pick, because you know they're. I don't think anybody outside of you know. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields makes that much of a difference for the Falcons. Right. Trade back and get two first round picks if you can. <clears throat> now, that'd be tough. If, right. If you can, if you can find a way to, to get a second first round pick. But, you right. know, with the first, whatever your first first round pick is, you know, pick up who you need. And then with that second one, I can see them drafting someone like, Mac Jones just to have as a backup to to take the reins as soon as you know as soon as Matt Ryan right. retires 
which I don't know how long that'll be. When his contract ends, unless somebody just wants to pay him some money. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot to go off there. Um, honestly, if you're going to stick with Matt Ryan, I think you try to get a franchise running back to take pressure off. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, Todd Gurley is a, is a decent talent, but the defense doesn't account for him like he, they used to. And he needs a running back that the defense has to account for at this point. So it's not all. With this, with this hire as coach, I can see them drafting um, Najee Harris. Yeah. At four, uh, but I, I don't wouldn't know if recommend I don't know if he's, I don't know if Najee's that level to get that first round pick based on who else is here. Right. I don't think he would should be taking that early. I mean, maybe uh, Entian from Clemson, maybe. But I don't know if any running back's really worth taking in the top, you know, 15. It's just I don't, I don't see that many game-changing talents for the Falcons to choose up for, regardless right. no, of I, who I, it I, is. I think your so. focus should be getting a running back for him rather than drafting, you know, a quarterback to take over. Right. But, I mean, that's just kind of my philosophy with it. All right, with that, we'll take a brief break. Um, and when we come back, we will discuss the playoff games. Okay. back into Georgia Bama coaches. We're going to get into the playoff games now. Um, we've been pretty tame so far. Uh, we might get a little heated during this portion. So it will be a little interesting. All right, so our first game is Rams and Packers. What are y'all's thoughts about that? The spread is six and a half, and they're at Green Bay. Green Bay going to win by between. Yeah. Green Bay. I think it'll be closer. 
Um, because the one thing that uh, LA has going for them is that they have their most, the best part right now is their defense and defense travels. Um, so now I don't think it's going to be enough to win. I think, I think they're still covered the spread. I think it's like a touchdown game. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just not enough offensive firepower for uh, this version of the Rams to keep up. Uh, exactly. Unless the Rams defense is immaculate, which is because it's they the Packers have shown us that they are not that freaking good. Like like they can get a lead, but they can't maintain it. Um, so like if it comes to that, then the Rams have a chance. Um, yeah. because they can force three and outs after the offense starts to cool down. The only thing is like if they can they score. That's it. Yeah, and my my thing is is that Yes, they've got a great defensive line, but their defensive line looked so great last week because of how awful uh, Seattle's offensive line was. So I don't know if that's going to be, you know, if if they're going to look as good as they did last week because it's they're not going against a JV offensive line at this point. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I'm not saying Aaron Donald's not going to get his. I mean, it's it's Aaron Donald, but just. Let's just be real here. It's he's gonna get his at the end of the day, so we can uh, we can agree on that. Um, let's move to the other game tonight. We'll just go in order here. We've got the Bills and the Ravens. Um, y'all go ahead. Bye, babe. Love you. I'm just I'm going to stick to my guns and say the Bills are going to win. If if they lose, I'm not surprised, but. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Bills at home. Ravens. Care to elaborate? Yes, I'll care to elaborate. The Fal- I mean, the Ravens have a way better offense than the Colts, and the Colts still find a way to put 24 on them. The Ravens have, a, to me, a better defense than the Colts, and the Colts were still able to hold them under 30. Um my simple thing is like, yeah, you're at home in Buffalo. Like, like, congrats! That home court advantage or home field advantage got you a three point win over the Indianapolis Colts with an agent Philip Rivers, a so-so offensive line, and one real threat at uh, what's his name at wide receiver. Now you're telling me that we have a decent a decent uh, receiving core a decent running game uh, and who I think uh, and quarterback who's going to be all time great when it's all said and done and a stacked defense against Josh Allen and company and Stefan Diggs. I, 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 I just think you're a fool to bet against Lamar Jackson, even though they're at home. I, I don't think it matters. Okay. Um, yeah. I see everything you're saying. Definitely. Cause the way that defense played uh, last, last week, is not going to get it done against um, Lamar Jackson. With that being said, it's going to be cold as hell in Buffalo. We're talking about chance of snow tonight. And Lamar Jackson is a South Florida guy. I mean, we, we, were, we were going to school in South Georgia and – those Florida people, North Florida people were coming to school with us. And when it dropped below 60, they were pulling out the parkas. 
Okay, that, I mean, and You're be fine. that as it may, like be that as it may, it's like end of the day, bro. It's like uh, we gotta put stuff, we gotta put stuff in perspective. It's like, is it gonna be cold? Yes, it's gonna be freaking freezing. Like it, like we're acting like Baltimore is like warm. But Buffalo's different. Buffalo is a different type of cold, my guy. But okay, cold to me, cold is cold. It's like Josh Allen is like okay, Wyoming. He went to high school in Wyoming and went to and grew up in California. Josh Allen's performing in Buffalo. Why can't Lamar Jackson and company perform in Buffalo? I don't think that it's like a, like a. Uh, I mean, the weather's definitely going to give you an an advantage, but it's not like back in like the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s where it's like you know the frozen tundra we don't have any heaters on the sideline and all these you know like technologies that are going to help us sustain our bodies in the free and like in the you know in the frigid cold or something it's like you just have to suck it up and deal with it now it's so much stuff that you that you have on the sidelines to help you out it shouldn't even be an issue so i mean I'm I, still, I'm, I get I'm, it with all technology i'm not saying it's going to completely neutralize him but it's going to bring him back to earth a little bit. And I, that might help the Bills edge this one out. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I won't be surprised either way, whoever wins, um, especially with how the Bills defense played last week. But it's going to come down to that side of the ball, in my opinion. I think Jared Allen's still going to get a couple touchdowns. Um, it's just whether that defense can handle Lamar who's going to get a little bit of a neutralization because of the weather at the end of the day. It's just, right. Um, I, I think we're, we're overlooking one thing though. The, the bills defense is like one of the worst against the run. Like, yeah. That's what, that's what like, that, I, that defense, that's, if they play the way they, that's what I'm saying. If they play the way they did last week, they're not going to win this game. That's for sure. It's, and I don't think the bills defense played bad last game though. Yes, they gave up 24, but, like, two of those touchdowns were just, like, end of the game. They were just trying to get out of there. It was, like, a grinded-out touchdown. And that's where they scored. You know, it was, what, 10 to 20-something um, through the fourth quarter until they started scoring. So I I think it's a, a different thing comparing the Colts and the Ravens. The Ravens, if they could run the ball as well as they're capable of, I don't think they're going to pass – all that much to be honest no um, you're not gonna try to throw in the cold when you're not yeah. built for it but if they run and get you know six yards to carry like they're capable of then the bills are in for a long day but if the bills can you know load up the box like kind of like what um the ravens did against yeah uh the titans yeah I mean, also, at, at the end of the day, number one receiver versus number one receiver, uh, I'm taking Stephon Diggs over Hollywood Brown. Don't forget who's also throwing the ball. I The combination of Josh Allen and Stephon yeah. Diggs. As not not taking away from, from the improvements that Lamar Jackson's made at throwing the ball, but Garrett Allen is just a better passer than him right now. Right, right. I mean, the way Lamar is working, he could be one of the – he could become a legitimate passing threat um, moving forward and be better than a lot of the guys. Uh, but as of right now, Jared Allen, I think, is better as a thrower. Um, I, I give a slight edge just because they're at home. Um, it's going to be an extremely close game. I'm just going to have to lean that way. And 
they still may cover the spread actually. Um, they, they still, it still may be like a two point game, three point game. And if you bet on the bet on the Ravens, you win um, in that tight space. Uh, but we'll move on from that game um, to the next games. Uh, our early game tomorrow is the Browns versus the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, it's, I just think figure it out at the end of the day. Um, their center is not going to snap the ball over uh, Mahomes' head and have it fall into the end zone. Like, that just doesn't happen for them. The luck that they had to get out of that, um, out, of, out of that first quarter against the Steelers, they're not going to have that luck again. Um, I think they'll fig- I'll th- think they'll put them away, and I think this, the spread is right. I think they'll win by 10-plus points. The Browns just overachieved oh. last week. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing, you know. That first half is what sealed their fate. Because if, if you look at, you know, after halftime, the Browns were, you know, I mean, it was like it was an even. If you take away that first quarter, the Steelers win that game. Like, right. if the Steelers had a pulse in that first quarter, we're talking about the Steelers in the second round, not the Browns. The Ravens are going to play in Kansas City, and the Steelers are going up to Buffalo. So, how are you feeling about that, Solo? Uh, my personal opinion, I'm I'm gonna stick with Odell Beckham. Don't be surprised when uh when they lose. Don't be surprised when Kansas City find a way to win, bro. I mean, when uh, what's his name? Find a no, way to I, win. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, they're extremely lucky. That's for sure. Um, and I mean, that was how, that's how everyone described the Giants the first time they won the Super Bowl, uh, in our lifetime. Um, it's just they got lucky, 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 and then all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl um, and pulled it off. So, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done because it's happened before. All it's I'm saying is done, if, the Bra- if the Browns find a way to knock out the Chiefs, the Ravens are winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, all right, we'll get to, I think, probably the the headline matchup of – the weekend with the Bucks versus the Saints. Uh, who do we have in that one? Bucks give me to the, the Super Bowl. Said it before the season started. Bucks to the Super Bowl, taking them all the way. I'm riding that Tom Brady wave, even though he he beat my Falcons. But I'm riding the wave. Okay. You agree with him, Solo? Uh, no, they're not going to the damn Super Bowl, but I'll tell you one thing that they'll they'll beat the Saints. Yeah, um, I see where you guys are coming with that. It's definitely extremely hard to beat the same team three times in the same season um, in any sport, uh, not just football, uh, even sports where they consistently play each other every season. Um like in uh, baseball and uh, basketball. Uh, so I do think that there is that there, but also both times the Saints have beat them handily. Um, 
And as bad as that, you know, I, I think that might actually give them uh, all the reason that the Bucks should win this game is because nobody th- thinks that they're going to pull it off. Uh, but this team has figured it out since I think those games, in my humble opinion. Um, but I'm still not ready to, to pull the trigger on them and say that they're going to pull this off. What I've seen how they played against uh, they played against uh, the Saints twice this season. Um, and they've had a lot of lackluster games. So I think Drew Brees. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm just saying, I don't, I, I'm not going to bet against what's his name ever. Never been to bet against Tom Brady. As much as I can't stand him, the guy's a winner. Um, That's true. I still, I still think that he's got a little bit left in the tank, and I'll take him and Gronk over Drew Brees and Michael Thomas in the end of the week. I just, I really like the Saints' running game, um, and then just you know seeing the level that these guys are on. Looking last week, you've got all pro Khalil Mack selling out. Um, I mean, knocking Latavius Murray to the ground and has got a free beat on Drew Brees and Drew Brees just drops it over the top of him because Latavius Murray's got back up and runs in for a score. It's just this, this team is on a level that most teams aren't on. I'm not saying that the Bucks aren't on that level, but it's just, that's kind of a, that's kind of one of those moments there. That's like, this team's built different than other teams when they're backup running backs pulling off stuff like that. I think their defense is on a different level, but offensively, the Saints haven't been, you know, all that special, at least with Drew Brees coming back from injury. Um, they had the one game, I think, against the Vikings where they went off, but that wasn't even Drew Brees. That was Alvin Kamara going off. Yeah. So if they can if they can get to um to Brees and you know the same sort of mindset that Alabama had against uh Ohio State. Like all you just gotta yeah. do is get to the QB. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's gonna but be they enough. have to account for someone like Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. They can't just put it all right. Brees. So you can't, they can't go full go like they, like, like Bama did against Ohio State. But the thing is, I I still, I still see um, Tampa Bay scoring. So they're they're either, they're either going to have to go to Drew Brees and play from behind and, you know, try to throw the ball or I don't, I don't know how much time it's going to be on the clock for them to just, you know, run it down their throats with Alvin Kamara or Mm -hmm. Bruce screens and bubbles you know all game right but uh, I, I just think if but also they've got to figure out their their running game they it's the the if once you get up you want to they don't they're not going to try to try to th- keep throwing the ball at that point and risk right. uh as the bucks i mean they are no risk it no biscuit but there's a level to that um and they're running games inconsistent, and I don't, I don't know if I can just give it up to them 100. percent Oh yeah, they'll they'll figure out the running game. They'll, they'll just put them away once they get a lead. I don't know if those guys will step up with that. And I agree. Uh, the 
the Bucks defense is underperformed this year compared to what they could have been. But yeah. You know. But then again, I mean, when you've got that guy on the other side, you don't have to do a lot. You just have to do enough. I mean, look what their game right. the Giants was. They won by two points. They just had to keep they had to just do just enough. They didn't do great in that game, but they had to do just enough to make sure Tom Brady could win the game for him. Uh, but I think that's that's it we got for today. Let's move on to the petty moment of the week. Uh, what do y'all have for that? Uh, it's not as much as petty as I just think the comments weren't necessary. But uh, James Harden, the last time he played for the Rockets, yeah. Um, his comments during the post-game conference saying that, you know, the team isn't enough to compete for a championship this year. Yeah. Which, I mean, we agree, but that's partially because I don't think any team up until just now with this trade had a roster to compete with the, the Lakers. Yeah. Um, on paper, not on paper. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought those comments were petty and yeah. similar to what Shaq said about uh, James Harden, the Rockets did literally everything that you could ask for, for Harden, yeah. like anything he wanted. If he wanted Kevin McHale fired, he was gone. If he wanted Dwight out, he was gone. If he wanted, CP3 or Russ, they were there and then they were gone. So you have all of these years and you're still putting up excuses. But I've yet to see him um, explain why he didn't perform in the playoffs Yeah, when it really mattered. So It's I, not his I fault. Those, it's, never his, it's never his fault. Right. And I, I think those comments are, are out of line. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm all for players getting their money in, free to move, whatever. But, you know, the way he went about it, the same way we criticize LeBron with his decision, like the actual decision broadcast, we, I could criticize this. And I, I think it was right. just petty and unnecessary. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, and then he tried to turn around and say, oh, you know, that wasn't me being disrespectful. Like, no, that's exactly what that's clear disrespect but yeah <laughs> what you got for us there sir oh man shoot uh where do you begin I mean Lamar's really did take mine about James Harden I really wanted to speak on that um I just like how DeMarcus Cousins you know he that he's a true mobile boy I'll tell you that because he was like he took it on the chin, and when he was asked about, like, James Harden, he was like, oh, no, ain't no disrespect around here. I never wanted to play with him. I wanted to play with John Wall. That was my interest. My interest was never playing with James Harden. Now that he's gone, I mean, it don't really make no difference at all. I just love DeMarcus because I do still think that at the end of the day, I think James Harden was at the – he was in the wrong for everything that he said. 100%. It's like – Huh? 
I, no, I, I said 100%. I agree with you. Oh, my bad. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I just think he's in the wrong because it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, dude, it's like uh, you it can't be everybody else's fault but yours. You know what I'm saying? Like, eventually you got to take responsibility to the fact that, like, y- you had multiple times to cash in in the West. And it's like you had the Warriors down what? You 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 had a what what it wasn't a three one lead it was a three two lead yeah three two and three two so you had to win one game they had to win two and you couldn't find a way to like you were a part of the twenty seventh uh missed three debacle that happened during that third that during that fourth quarter meltdown it's like you were a part of that yeah and for you to just throw everybody else underneath the bus and you don't take no responsibility like. It just showed me what kind of man you really are. Like he 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 weak minded, and it's just like he wants to take the easy way out. And I'm like, the we- reason why I've always said it's like when players have the 100 percent the right to go wherever they want to go to, but it's levels to these decisions, and, and and it always will be. Yeah. Like to me, it's not just because I'm a LeBron fan. I truly do think that like in the in the scheme of free level free agent decisions. LeBron's wasn't that bad simply because of the pure fact of the matter. Like he felt like he had to do what he had to do because Cleveland was legitimately a bad organization. Like yeah. they were terrible. Like Dan Gilbert was cheap. But the, no, here's not even money. the difference. Like, yeah, okay, they were bad, but they weren't gonna do anything to help him. Right. right. And the, then James the, Harden got the Rockets everything. Doing everything they can. The Rockets doing like, all they everything can. That he wanted. Everything they wanted, they did. I think there's a, a, a underlying um, message about James Harden that I, I don't think anybody's really talked about. And we say this about like, say Russ and, you know, his player type, it's just not, you know, built for winning a championship. Yeah. It's, right. he, he's not that. And, and I get that. And I'm, you know, I understand it. But Russ is still a good player. And if you ask Russ's teammates what type of man that Russ is, they vouch yeah. for Russell Westbrook, like 100%. It doesn't even, like, they don't have to ask. They will go out and blatantly say that Russ is a great teammate, the best teammate he's ever they've ever had. I don't see anybody going to bat for James Harden. No. Nah. And that's well, something all that, about him, bro. You know, that that's something that we need to look into. Um the same slander that we give people like Russ or whoever, you know, who, who aren't going to win championships. And we understand they're not going to win championships. Harden is at that level where he deserves some of that. And we've let it slide because, you know, they've always been a team that's been good enough to compete. It's just, they've never made it over the hump, but whose fault is that? And the one steady, you know, denominator has been, yeah, has been hardened. So yeah, so, I feel yeah. like he just he he deserves more. He deserves more criticism than what he does. It's like you know, it's it's different ways to to handle that stuff, bro. It's like mm-hmm. you like you shouldn't have signed a three year deal if you knew it was gonna be bad for you. You know, long term. So like my 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 respect for James is like it's going down. And my respect for KD was never like it used to be super high. It was low after he left the Warriors. I mean, when he went to the Warriors, it's even lower now that you would go out and you would go get somebody like a James Harden 
and like usher him onto the team because it's just like, you know, like I could care less about the super team or whatever thing like that. I really don't think that they have what it takes to beat the Lakers in the six games in a seven game series. I, From I a mental standpoint, they, they don't. They don't. They, mentally, they don't. They don't. They don't have the mental capacity to do it. There's no grownups on that team. My, that, and that, see, that's my point. And like, I still think that a 36 year old decrepit, well, not decrepit, but no, aging, he's. In, look, I wish I was in his shape at at this point in my life. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, I just, I, I really do think that, like I said, like, you're looking at somebody that, can y'all hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, my bad. I thought my, my stuff. But I just think that you're looking at somebody, at, or a team at the end of the day, that it's, it's not going to be able to compete when it matters the most. No. And if that's the case, then I'm just like, then what's the point? Like, to me, even if they do find a way to, like, win a championship, like I don't, th- I think it's going to be after like LeBron's long and gone, and even if they happen to. Sneak but that team won't be together one, by the time LeBron's gone. That's see, and I think that that like this thing. team is going to get blown up after the season, regardless of how everything goes. I think they might give it like one more run, and then if they like, if they can't get it together, which I don't think that they will, like, because I've heard this compared to not to go on a tangent, but I've heard it compared to like the LeBron James heat uh, yeah. when they went there. But look at how their games complemented each other. But like, not even LeBron that. Look at the, 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 look at the organization. Look at the culture yeah. in that building. You don't have that here. You don't. It's like LeBron was the floor general. Dwayne Wade was like, you know, the slasher big shot maker. And Chris Bosh took a backseat role from where he was. Which one of those three is going to take a backseat role in order to win? To win, none of them. Tell me, in in order to win, or who's going to be by default taking that back seat? No, no, I said who's. No, I want to know who's going to take the back seat. Nobody. I I don't think. I don't think anybody's going to willingly take the back seat. But Kyrie's going by default is going to be in the back seat. I don't think keeps not showing up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm saying if they're all there, I don't think Kyrie takes the back seat. I think James has to. Because here's the thing, Kyrie's got the ball in his hand. Yeah. Kevin so Durant is going to demand the ball just because of how dominant he is. I don't I think James has to take the back seat, bro. I really think he does. He's going to take it by default. And that's going to piss him off even more. That's I think that's one of the reasons why it never worked in terms of him buying in with the Rockets. So like he had an issue with Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul was his best teammate. Chris Paul was able to run that offense, but because it took the ball out of his hands, Russ, or not Russ, but Harden wanted him gone. Russ took the back seat, you know, at some point um, with Harden, even though, you know, during the regular season, there was a stretch where he he turned it up a little bit. But I Harden's ego has to take the back seat. But... I just don't, I, I just, I don't see that I, happening, bro. I don't, I don't see it happening. That's why I, I think by default, in terms of play styles, that's why it's going to go to Kyrie. Only because I don't see I don't see Harden budging. We all know but Kevin would, Durant. Kevin Durant should how, not take the back seat. But my thing is like from a from a basketball standpoint, how does that work? That's what it I'm doesn't. saying. Like that's, a, that's why I don't, I don't think it's going to work. Literally. Like, 
they're going to rotate every possession. One of them's going to have the ball and and dribble and post up until until there's no time left on the clock, and they're going to they're going to then they're going to uh, then they're going to they're going to take their shot. They get it. They don't. And then the next next the next possession, they'll do the same thing. And just continually to do that over and over again. Yeah, it's it's going to be a whole. They're going to have to score 150 points a game because points a game guys are going to play defense. Jason, <laughs> going to play defense. I mean, I'll give it to Katie. Katie, will play some defense. James Harden, oh my god, him and Kyrie, yo, forget about it. My yo. <laughs> You might as well put me out there for a defensive possession. Hey, I give some. I give more heart. I can't score the ball elite at that level, but I can do a little bit more than they can. But now I'm just saying, like going back to the last point, that I just don't from from a basketball standpoint. I think that that's why they'll implode because basketball wise, you can't make James Harden the point guard and Kyrie the point guard on the floor at the same time. Something like. That's my biggest thing. Like I'm trying to find out who is going to be the one. Like I just don't know how he's gonna make it work. Like I think that you're gonna to have to take Kyrie out, like you know, midway through the first, let James run point guard, then take James out, and then you know, leave Katie in for a quarter and a half, then let Kyrie have his fun all the time by himself. It's just like I, I bro, if Steve Nash gets it to work, he should be a Hall of Fame coach. I'll say it. I'll say that's, it. That's going to require players to buy in, and I don't think they're going to buy in. I, I think it's out of Nash's control. Mm. I don't know. That well, team just in general is... This. It's... I mean, unless they're using one of them for trade me. Because you know what this team reminds me of? It was it what it's reminiscent of? It's very, very reminiscent. Very reminiscent of when they did that blockbuster trade to trade away all. And like, I'm not saying that like by any stretch of the imagination that Kevin Durant and KG are, are in the same conversation. Both for Hall of Fame, both are great at what they do. KD, uh, KD is just a better scorer than KG ever will be. But James Harden gives me Paul Pierce vibes. Like, he's better than what – he says he's better a lot than what he is. And then you got Kyrie Irving, who is damn near Jason Williams. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. I mean – Great point guard that, like, legit – imagine if Jason Williams would have been with prime LeBron. He he would have been what what we think Kyrie is because Jason Williams was smooth with it. Like this was a man that got that got drafted ahead of Chris Paul. Now obviously he's not a better player than Chris Paul by any stretch of the imagination. But like, think about that. That that's all Jay Will was. He that's all Kyrie is. He is a Jay Will that actually hooked up with LeBron and succeeded. That's it. That that that's all he is. And I think that once this thing implodes, the person that has the most to lose is KD. And it's going to wreck his legacy. It's going to yeah, wreck it. 100%. It's going to destroy it. Honestly, I think 
they need to they need to get rid of Kyrie at this point. Uh, they they I I mean I I would I in all honesty I would. but I don't know who's going to take him at this point. Exactly. Right. That's the only exactly. thing. And I don't want to get rid of him for nothing. Uh I mean I I honestly as crazy as it sounds um try to get Bradley Beal for him out of Washington. And put him and Russ on the same team. There's no fucking way in hell that happens. <laughs> no, there's I'm no way in hell. Washington. I'm saying that's a good move for the Nets. Oh yeah, but I don't think Washington's that stupid. Like, don't get me wrong, they're a terribly ran organization, but I don't think they're that stupid. And like, you know who him, is that stupid? Who who would totally do that? The Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks. Like that. A team but I could I'll, see trading for him though. Uh, Cleveland or Detroit. So they yeah. have the bigs that that now that they traded away um, Allen, they could use some bigs. Um, I'm about to get pulled over, guys. <laughs> For real? Oh, I was speeding down the road. Is he going to pull out and come get me? Is he going to pull out and come get me? Is he going to pull out and come get me? Nah, I'm good. Woo, that was scary as hell. That was so scary. Because I didn't see him until I pulled up on him, and I'm flying down this road. When I say I'm flying, I'm flying. He decided to have mercy on me. Oh, that was scary as hell. Especially in, you and you in that part of the country. Yep. But nah, bro. Like back to what we were saying is like I really do think that, in all honesty, that um, the I think the only trade that you can make for Kyrie at this point, if you want to get rid of him, you got to trade him to somebody that can control him and get him to do what it is that he's supposed to do. And there's only three names in the NBA that can get Kyrie to do what he's supposed to do, okay? That's Greg Popovich, Popovich. that's LeBron James, and that's uh, Tom Thibodeau. Those are the only three names in the NBA as of right now that can get him to do what he's supposed to do. That's it. Yeah. Um, and the most likely destination of all of those places would be San Antonio. You could get a young point guard and – Demonte, uh, not the, not uh, what's his last name? God, Demonte. Murray, Murray. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Demonte. Yeah, Devontae Murray. Yeah. Uh, you could get him and like give up uh, and try to acquire some of the draft picks back that you lost. Uh, and besides, like you know, San Antonio was one of Kyrie's destinations from the get go that he wanted to go to. So I think that you win that battle with him. Um. Or you could, you know, find some some way, shape, or form to, like I said, if if you want to try to make that that debacle work, where you get like a, you know, a LeBron Kyrie reunion, and you know somehow sell it to him that it's like I'm leaving eventually, and when I'm going, it'll be you and AD to run LA. It's like heck no, no, nah, that that's, not, that's not gonna work. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Like I said, I'm, I'm always. Uh, I, 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 you act, you act like I want it to happen. We're, we're only the best team in the league with with. Yeah. With you right. know what I'm saying like it's not like I'm as I want him to come. If there's anybody that I that I would want on the Lakers, that's a point guard. It's Zach Levine. That that's who I want because he's a certified beast. Yeah. If but, I could get if we could get him, I'd be like bring on Brooklyn. 
Yeah. We'll move on to uh, final thoughts. Uh, we'll make it quick and get out of here. We've been running a little long. Uh, go ahead, fellas. Don't wound what you can't kill. Yeah. Okay. If that if that said if if said person is listening and they know who they are, don't wound what you can't kill. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Petty. Wow. <laughs> that is petty. <laughs> I don't have a final thoughts. Falcons need to do better. That's, okay. that's my final thought. Uh, I'll say uh, be careful what for, what you wish for. Um, and there's a couple situations that, that I think that applies to because you might end up getting exactly what you want or what you thought you wanted, and it's not that great. Jason, what are you talking about? <laughs> James Harden, for one. Uh, uh, you know, these teams firing coaches uh, too quickly and expecting to have great change with a new guy coming in. Um, and, you know, all that good stuff. Not, nothing subtweet, not, nothing petty, nothing that Lamoris would say, you know, just, just putting it out there in the universe. Uh, we'll end it there. Uh, stay safe, guys. Uh, I hope to be doing this next weekend. We'll see how the inauguration day goes. Love you. Stay safe. Nothing stupid. Have a good week. We'll pray for y'all. Sure, you share the recipe, JT. <laughs> oh, the chili recipe. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, with the link sausage. <laughs> I made the chili for y'all when y'all here. That's what y'all. That's what y'all had. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. We're making it on uh, MLK Day. <laughs>